So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this is gonna be about how to become a self-made millionaire. According to this article from the CNBC makeit.com website um, that I've just been viewing before. And yeah, more after the intro, as always. As every day. But it is amazing. I like it. I love it. And this is why I do it. <laughs> and with that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And um, as you can see, there is just some sort of a cloth uh, just in front of my quote-unquote microphone because it is not a microphone and it is there I do just remember to turn off everything on my phone it is just there so that uh, there won't be just as many p sounds and whatever so that everything is like a little bit I do not want to say more consistent but so that there are no tones or frequencies or whatever that could be really, really, really distorted and annoying, you know, especially when you're listening to the whole experience, because sometimes like the P's and the S's, these can just really kind of hurt. And it is actually like a pop filter, you know, if you know this, if you're kind of interested in that space. But yeah, before I actually go through this amazing article, I at least hope that it is going to be amazing. Um, I do just want to tell you that this particular episode, so if you're on YouTube, this particular video is also available as a podcast, which means that you can listen to it, which means that you consume it by listening to it, which means that it is a way, way, way more efficient way to consume this episode, which means that you can just do something simultaneously. And this is the reason why it is more efficient, you know, because you could cook while you're listening to this, you could just tidy up your room while you're listening to this, you could just do so many different things while you're doing this. And it is just a really, really amazing way to, to consume this episode, you know, at least at my point of view. And this is the reason why there is going to be a link down in the description to the podcast and this episode, so the, the, the audio version, which means the podcast episode, should be named exactly like this episode. So you're going to find it really, really quickly. But yeah, um, as I've said... Um, we are going to talk about how to become a self-made millionaire or a millionaire, whatever. And there's actually four ways, as at least they said, or just this quote-unquote expert says it, I'm going to read. So there are four main paths to becoming a millionaire. And this is the easiest one, says money expert. And I've had a quick look at it. And the first one was like, yeah, it uh, it makes sense at my point of view, you know, at least for some people, you know, definitely not for everyone, because not every way is for everyone, you know, not everyone wants to be an investor, you know, and totally not everyone wants to, I don't know, have their own brand or have their own company and whatsoever. So yeah, you know, you could also just be the CEO of a relatively big company, which means that you're having a corporate job, which means that you are still an employee, you know, and not a founder and owner of a business or whatsoever. Tim Cook is only an employee as well, you know, and still he's making fucking, fucking 16 fucking million a year. It is just a lot of money. You know, it is more than a million a month. Just, <laughs> just in case, you know, you, you actually didn't figure it out yourself. <laughs> but yeah, so um, this article is actually written by Tom Corley uh, at Rich Habits, I guess, on Twitter, I assume. 
maybe. And it is from Friday. So it's actually from yesterday. Friday, the 27th of September 2019. And yeah, um, I am really going to read right now. Unless you were born into a rich family, building wealth can be very hard. Depending on the path you choose, many people look at multimillionaires and disparately want to know what is their secret and how did they get there and what does it take. Those are the things I wanted to know back in 2004 when I began my rich habits study in which I spent five years interviewing and researching the daily activities, habits and traits of 233 wealthy individuals. All of them had at least 160,000 in annual gross income and 3.2 million in net assets. During my research, I found there are four predominant paths towards accumulating wealth. The savers investors path is the easiest, while the other three involve much more risk. And uh, yeah, now we're going to talk about saving and investing. And I gotta have to say, like, as I said before, it's totally not going to be a path that everyone wants to choose. You know, it's totally going to be one that uh, people want to take, of course. You know, it's going to be just, it's going to be good for some people. Definitely not for everyone, you know. And I think then self-awareness kicks in again, you know, as so often. And you really have to think about what you are willing to do, you know. If you want to be a saver and investor, because in terms of moral issues or moral thoughts, you might kind of decide that you're not going to be an investor, you know, because it was actually also one of the reasons why I didn't actually start to invest yet, 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 yet. Because the thing is, um, the first thing that I would have invested in was the S&P 500, which is an index fund, which means that you're basically uh, putting your money in multiple com companies. And I think the S&P 500 actually includes 500 different companies, if I remember that correctly, which means that you're simultaneously investing in 500 different companies, which is an amazing thing just because you're able to invest in 500 companies, which enables you to sustain a pretty low risk, you know, because 500 companies and the thing is 400 of them might be in profit and 100 of them might not and you're still going to be in profit. But if you're just only investing in one company, it is like, okay, chances are good that they're going to make some profit, but chances are also very, very good that they're going to just lose some money and that the stock prices are going to fall down, which means that you're going to lose some money. So in the end, it is really not that risky as, as other options and as other um, ways to invest, I have to say. But um, it might not also be just one of the things that some, some want to do. You know, some people want to have high risk and high reward. And this is more like medium risk, at my point of view, medium risk and medium reward, you know, because of course the reward might be just, it, it might only work out, I think, in compound interest, which means that you're just doing it over decades, you know, so that you're accumulating your wealth through time, basically, and through investing, of course. But it takes a lot of time, and this is then the point. But yeah, you know, let's actually see what they're saying. You know, what they're saying you should be doing as an investor, or saver and investor, as they say. Um, I, by the way, hope that the audio is a little bit better with this one, and I do hope that it is not disturbing because you know sometimes, obviously, when I'm just speaking, um, there's going to be some wind. <laughs> And also when I'm laughing, and I do hope that this is going to just take some of the wind out and so that, um, yeah, the sound is just better, you know, because I assume, especially for the podcast listeners, it's very disturbing if I'm laughing, 
loving, loving, because uh, then of course there's going to be the wind sound uh, in the microphone, or it's gonna the microphone's gonna pick up that sound or this windy thing, and it's not gonna be that good. It's really not gonna be that good. But yeah, no, let's actually see what they are saying. Just less than 22% of the millionaires in my study choose to take the saver and investor path. Not only is it the easiest way to build wealth, but if you start early, it almost always guarantees a lot of money. And as I said before, it is about compound interest, which means that you're going to do it over decades. And as he also confirmed that and or validated that. The saver investor in my group reached their first 1 million around their mid to late 30s and accumulated on average net worth of 3.3 million by their mid 50s. They also had four things in common. They typically had a middle class income, many reached a six figure salary early in their career, and if they didn't, they lived very frugally. They had a low cost of living and preferred to save rather than spend lavishly. The third one is they saved 20% or more of their income. And the fourth one is they started investing their savings early in life and continued to do so prudently for many years. And again, it is going to be validated. No matter what their day job was, this group made saving and investing part of their routine. They were constantly thinking about smart ways to grow their wealth. The savers investors path isn't for everyone. It requires enormous financial discipline and long-term commitment. It totally is the case. Uh, even though I do have to say that long-term commitment is definitely also one of the things that that has to be the case in many, 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 many areas of life. Also, just if you're having a podcast, you know, it's not going to pop in the first five days, probably, you know, unless you're actually famous and whatsoever and just a lot of people are going to watch, then of course it is going to pop, you know, even in five days or even in four days or even maybe in one day or maybe even at the day you're posting it because you've been like, well, I'm going to tell everyone that I'm having my podcast and therefore a lot of people are also going to listen and or watch if it is about a YouTube channel. But it's going to take some time and it's also going to take some long-term commitment most often. You know, it was the exact same thing for me. Um, at this point in time, it is pretty interesting that the podcast and the YouTube channel, they're both, I don't want to say grow, well, well, they actually grow in terms of numbers, numbers in terms of views and also in terms of uh, watch time, which actually is way more important than the views. You know, if you're having a lot of watch time, um, YouTube basically says that if you're having a watch time of 10,000 minutes, which is actually a lot and you know, which is really a lot um, over the course of a year, then you're able and allowed to monetize your shit. You know, once you've reached that kind of number, you're able and allowed to do that. And if you're just below that number, you're not allowed to do that. You know, it is not really in terms of clicks, you know, because you can have a million clicks. But if one of these or if every one of these million clicks are only watching for a second, which might or might not be the case or might work or might not be work, then um, I do not think that you're going to have the 10,000 minutes, you know, already. But um, if you're having like... 30-minute videos, which is actually the case for me, and if people are watching just one minute, then of course, by having a lot of episodes that I'm already having, fortunately, because I've, I've started relatively early and I committed to it relatively toughly, hardly, I just committed to it, I really committed to it, uh, I'm now seeing the growth, you know, I'm now seeing that something is working, I'm now seeing that it is working, which is amazing, which is really amazing, it feels really good. To just see the thing is there's also going to be some fear you know because 
Some days are just going to be better. It is what it is. They're just going to be better. And some days are not going to be so good. And, you know, just seeing everything grow and those green numbers there, it is amazing. You know, but then it also feels not that good if you're just seeing another day again where everything is not doing really good, but just somehow good or just maybe even bad. But yeah, the next path, you know, the next path there they point out the dreamer's path. You know, it, it really sounds not that good, to be honest, you know, because, I don't know, I hate talking about dreaming instead of doing, you know, which is actually something that I've been talking about just really, really, really a lot in the past few months, I have to say. But yeah, so this is perhaps the hardest path to building wealth because it requires the pursuit of a dream, such as starting a business, becoming a successful actor, musician, or author. Approximately 28% of the folks in my study were dreamers, and they accumulated an average net worth of 7.4 million, far more than any of the other groups over a period of about 12 years. Well, 12 years is really not a lot, you know, and this is just, yeah, it is really not a lot. All of them told me that pursuing their dreams was one of the worst rewarding things they had done in their lives. They loved what they did for a living and their passion showed up in their bank accounts. Those who want to... Well, well, I do think that I've read it incorrectly here. All of them told me that pursuing their dreams was one of the most rewarding things they had done in their life. I do hope that I've read it correctly. Uh, those who want to, to take this path, however, must be willing to work long hours and able to handle financial stress. The dreamers in my study worked more, more than 61 hours per week before finally achieving their dreams. Weekends and vacations were almost non-existing. Trying to make ends meet was not easy. At first, getting a steady paycheck was nearly impossible, one dreamer said. It was even hard for those who had families to support, which is definitely going to be the case, to finance their dreams. Some decided to put off buying a home, while others dipped into their retirement savings. If you're risk averse, this path may not be for you. Totally. Totally. And I do just also have to say that this is basically the path that I'm taking, isn't it? You know, I'm having a dream of having a quote-unquote successful podcast and or successful YouTube channel or being just a successful brand as well. You know, I do just want to have everything working. You know, I do not want to only do the podcast. I do not want to only do the YouTube videos. And I do not only want to do the Instagram posts or the, the Facebook posts or whatever. I do just want to do all of them, you know, because I like doing multiple things and I do like just doing different things. You know, I really hate doing one thing all the time you know it is just feeling amazing you know once i can just you know make some posts then i'm gonna do a video again maybe i'm gonna even edit the video which is gonna be really rare because it's i do not really like to do that you know it is the case i do not really like to do that and this is also one of the reasons why i just don't do it then you know even though it might sound like well you know bad you know because a lot of people are editing it but you know if the person is shit that is staring in the video the editing is still going to be uh, basically not worth it. And also the, 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 the editing is not going to make the video just enormously great. If you're just some, somehow of a mediocre personality inside of the video, and if you're editing it, then of course it's, it's going to be better. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I really believe in the fact that uh, editing is not just the only one, only thing that counts or... Is a way to make it better, of course, but it's it's not gonna make some shits gold. Yeah. <laughs> the third one, the company climbers path, and this is actually 
one of the things that I was just talking about before, I guess, in terms of, okay, having a corporate job and then Tim Cook and whatever. And I do really have to say, it is just one of the things that a lot of people are talking about, like, ah, okay, it is something that you can see so often and it pisses me off so fucking much on Instagram, you know, just because maybe Instagram is kind of the platform at this point of time, even though it's, it's gonna die, I guess. I, I just see it so often, you know, that people are like, okay, you know, at first you're going to be an employee. Okay. And then you're going to be an entrepreneur and they're just picturing, they're picturing a picture of an entrepreneur and they're saying like, okay, this is the optimal thing you can be doing. You know, the, the best thing you can be doing in your life is being an entrepreneur. And this is the kind of only way to just be rich and get what you want and be successful and whatsoever, which means you have to be a fucking entrepreneur. But I gotta have to say, it is not the truth. It really is not the truth. You know, you could also just be an employee, as they say. And or Tim Cook. Tim Cook is also just an employee. Just, quote unquote. Like, of course, he's the CEO of fucking Apple. You know, one of the companies that are making the most money. And of course, he might not be the, the richest person in the world, even though Apple is one of the richest companies. But still, he's making a really great living. He's making a really, really great living. And I guess that he's liking his show as well, you know, because he isn't that young any, anymore. You know, he's relatively old, I guess. I don't know how old he is. I can check that afterwards. But I, um, I got have to say, like, you do not have to be an entrepreneur to get rich, you know. You could also just, quote unquote, climb the company's path or ladder or whatever you want to call it. It is just really, really possible. You know, maybe not for everyone because it's also going to take some commitment a uh, long hour week and whatever. But yeah, let's see what they say. Climbers are individuals who work for a big company and devote all of their energy into climbing the corporate ladder until they land a senior executive position. This is the second hardest path to becoming a millionaire and about 31% of the rich people I studied fell into this group. It took them an average, it took them an average of 22 years to accumulate a net worth of 3.4 million or more. In most cases, their wealth came from either stock compensation or a partnership share of profits. Well, I gotta have to say that, you know, if it is about stocks, isn't it then also just investing? Well, not, not really, but it's, well, never mind. <laughs> to be a dreamer, you must have strong relationship building skills. Networking and making lasting connections with powerful people in your industry is essential. Like dreamers, however, climbers also have long work hours. The ones I interviewed all arrived at the office early and left late. Many were required to travel frequently and even had to sacrifice a lot of their vacation time. Profitability is a huge factor in determining a climber's success. If their company struggles financially, their time and investment, they might not be rewarded to the extent they had expected. Yeah, of course, it totally will come up to the company. But I guess, like, I don't know, if you're talking about them on the less or Mondelez, whatever it is actually pronounced. I really don't know. Everybody takes or pronounces it somehow differently, I kind of assume. And uh, Coca-Cola or I don't know. You know, if you're actually in a senior position in those really big companies, Apple as well, you're, you're just making a good living, you know. But of course, you're going to work, you know. And of course, I do believe that you're, that you're also going to have to work late hours or long hours and you're going to have to stay there um, relatively late. And uh, I don't know, like nothing good comes easy. And I do have to say that it is actually a good thing. You know, I wouldn't like to just immediately have a good podcast or a successful podcast because I've learned so much, so incredibly much over the course of this year. It is amazing, you know, and also my speaking skills, they just really fucking improved, you know, 
actually to some degree that it is actually the case that sometimes it was, I think it was actually, yes, no, it was on today's Saturday. So on Thursday, on Thursday I was recording three episodes, you know, which is actually kind of the, um, the most that I'm doing in a row. Like I, I'm really not able to do, to do more than three episodes in a row because of course I do just have to drink something then <laughs> because my voice is getting so dry and my throat is getting so dry that it is even just, uh, well, it is not hurting, but it's, it is not nice. You know, it is just not nice. Um, just sounded like Anna Schwarzenegger there, but, um, but the thing is that, what did I want to say? Like, yeah, I don't know what I want to say. Ah, no. <laughs> Fucking hell. The last one, the virtuosus path. I don't know what this is, but uh, we are going to find out. We are going to find out right now. Roughly 19% of the participants in my study choose or chose this path. Virtuosos are among the best at what they do in their profession. They are paid a high premium for their knowledge and expertise, which sets them apart from the competition. It took the virtuosos in my study about 20 years to reach an average net worth of 4 million. Some worked in the medical field, while others worked in law. A handful either worked for a large publicity, publicity, publicly held corporations, or they were small businesses owner, business owners with highly profitable enterprises. Of course, virtuosos aren't necessarily born with natural intelligence. They must spend many years continuously studying and learning. Formal education, such as advanced degrees, is usually a requirement. This means investing an enormous amount of money and time before seeing any, pro seeing any payoff at all. Not everyone has the ability to devote significant hours every day practicing their skills or the financial resources to pursue advanced degrees. Of course. But I, I do want to point out there that it is incredibly important to point out that you don't have to have a degree. You know, they were only talking about it in this last option. It's actually an option. You know, you could just take all of these four options. And I, I really have to say that you should be taking the option that is working the best for you. Maybe you are just going to have a corporate job because this is something that you just want to have. You know, you're not, you're not willing to be a business owner because a business owner is just really stressful. I assume, you know, you're, you're actually the last line of defense. You know, you're the only person that is somehow, you know, to be blamed. You know, nobody else but you is going to be blamed. You know, you, you cannot blame your fucking employees, even though they did something wrong, because in the end, you fucking hired them. And then, yeah, in the end... It is your fault. In the really, really end, it is always your fault. And this is not going to be something that everyone likes to have. Like, of course, I can understand that. I really can. And therefore, some people are going to just use or choose the uh, corporate job option, you know, which is definitely okay. You know, it is really fine. And some people are just going to take the investing and saving option, you know, and those people that are having, like, issues with moral questions, maybe, you know, because I actually, I think I actually didn't end the point there, or I, I wasn't actually explaining the point why I, I thought that. Um, if you are, if you're actually investing in five hundred companies at a the time, there's also gonna be one company, just in those five hundred or in this group of five hundred, that is doing really not good for humanity. You know, maybe there's child labor. Who knows? Who really knows? And this was actually one of the reasons why I then to I then decided to not do that and begin that path. 
because I thought like, well, I don't know. You know, I do not want to invest in a company that is just not doing good. I would like to invest in companies that are doing good and where I know that they are for sure doing good, which is, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm going to invest in startups, you know, startups that I know, companies that I know, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't really like to invest or, and basically give money to people that are just doing some shitty things with it. But in the end, you, you will never know. This is the case. In the end, you will never know. Therefore, maybe investing is not going to be the thing that I want to do. You know? But maybe it's going to be the path of having a successful podcast or having a successful business maybe as well. Maybe I'm going to do this in the future. Who knows? But yeah, I do believe that this is going to be the end of the episode. I do just think if I should go through another core question. You know, but I do not really want to make the episode too long because I know that people are not going to watch if it is too long. I don't know if people are going to listen, you know, in terms of the podcast, but people do not watch if the video is way too long. And like, I don't know, 30 minutes is definitely just, yeah, long. It really is long. And not a lot of people are going to commit to this, you know, which is, which is something that I really can understand, you know, because, and this is also one of the reasons why I'm having the podcast, because... I don't know, it is just way more efficient and way better. But yeah. Um, what can you say that will... Inspi- I'm going to take this one, you know, because it's actually a pretty quick one. What can you say that will inspire me? What can I say that will inspire you? Um, you're having one life. And, and having regrets in life is not going to be a good thing, at my point of view. And um, surrounding yourself with people that you don't like... It's also not going to help, you know, because you're having one life and you should live a good life and you should live a happy life. The thing is, I do also have to say that you should still go for long-term options, you know, because of course, when I'm saying like, okay, you're living once and whatsoever, a lot of people are going to think like, well, yeah, you know, therefore I'm going to drink a lot of alcohol and I'm going to fuck all the bitches there. No, I'm not saying that. I'm really not saying that because it is, it is maybe going to make you happy in the short term, but it's definitely not going to make you happy in the long term. I assume at least, you know, especially if it's just leading to a lot of health issues and whatnot, then it's definitely not going to be a happy life in the end, you know. So think about the short term, of course, have a short term, have good life in short term as well, you know. But but also think about the long term. Also think about, um, just think about the long term and go for your dreams. You know, even though your dreams might take 20 years, it's going to be worth in the end. It's going to be just a really great path. This is what I'm seeing. You know, this might take me an additional two years or something until I can actually live off of it. It could be the case, but it's been a great path. You know, it's actually been a great path up to now. You know, it's been a really, really great journey. I liked it. I loved it. It's just amazing. It really is. So please go for your dreams. You're living once and still go for the long term. Yeah. And be grateful for what you're having. Like, I don't know. Especially when you're living in a first world country, it's just having so many things, so many things and so much a lot of people could dream of or are only dreaming of, you know, a lot of people in just um, low developed countries or less developed countries, they're really not having a lot of things, you know, they, they might not even have water, clean water. And we are all having that in our just first world countries and still a lot of people are kind of yeah, they're kind of complaining about their fucking grades, you know, them, them having bad grades when they're just f- living in a fucking country that is just having everything and is providing to them everything and they are having everything. So 
please think about it, you know, life is amazing. But yeah, with that being said, I wish you the best health for feminist and also success, and I also hope that you're going to remind us of one of you, are going to be remembered, which means your legacy, which means by being nice and then being remembered as just a nice person, the problem there is that there's still going to be somebody that, that dislikes you, even though you're the most generous, nicest, kindest person on this fucking planet. You know, there's still going to be somebody that dislikes you or even hates you. And I do just want you to think about that. And three other questions that I hope that you're going to think about and also going to ask yourself are what are you trying to change? Why are you here? And the last one, what is bothering you the most? And I do hope that these three questions might lead you to figuring out your purpose and might lead you to just figure out what you should be doing with your life, in your life, because it is just a really important thing. But with that being said, I see you the next time. So subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube video because I want to see you and I want you to stick around. And I, yeah, if you do not want to lose out on any information, on any value, then it would be also a pretty good idea to do so. But yeah, <laughs> I hope I see you the next time.